Hello and welcome back to the Cookie Jar Golf Podcast. I am Tom Mills and earlier today we had the opportunity to chat to Nick Poppleton. Nick's a professional that plays on the Euro Pro Tour and uh, qualified at West Lanks for the Open and it's fair to say stole the show with his practice rounds with Phil and Bryson and stole a lot of column inches for just being an all-round good guy. So we reached out to Nick and got him on the pod to chat through his his journey to qualify for the Open and his experience during his first Open. What's also quite nice is staying on brand. Nick managed to throw in an official unofficial for the week. So here he goes. And Nick's own words, the official unofficial sponsor of this podcast. What were these caps, by the way? I've seen you wearing them. Uh, the Pharaoh Golf. So they're just a quite a fresh new company. Uh, the friend of mine, Alex Stubbs, is part of the team and the guy that caddied from the Open. So uh, uh, they're just basically... they. One of the guys is obsessed with hats. One's obsessed with dogs. So I put it together, and that's the that's actually his dog. Uh, so from Egypt, actually rescued it, and that's the you know sort of thing they donate fifteen percent of what they make on every hat to a dog charity in Oxford. And the end goal was that they can open up their own dog shelter in the future. So for me, being dog obsessed, it was like yeah, and free caps. Being from Rotherham, perfect. I'll have some of those. <laughs> Love it. Watch this. Hello and welcome back to the Cookie Jar Golf Podcast. Today I am joined by Sam Williams. Greetings. I'm of course Tom Mills and we are joined by professional golfer Nick Poppleton. Nick, how are you getting on? I'm good man, how are you guys? You all alright? Yeah, we're good, thank you. You're fresh off probably the golfing week of your life, is that fair to say? Yeah, I think, yeah, pretty much, yeah. It, it tops a couple of monthly medals I've won, so yeah, it's up there in the, <laughs> it's up there in the lifetime achievements. You, you stole a few, uh, stole a few column inches, didn't you, over the over the course of the weekend, Nick? I thought um, closely. You were kind of nipping at Bryson's heels in terms of column inches written. I just saw Golf Digest, Golf World, everyone going mad, and I'd been kind of following it a little bit throughout the week, and I just had to get in touch. So, really, kind of glad you you managed to join the pod, and looking at, looking forward to cheering through it with you, hey, mate. Appreciate you, you everything that you use to raise a profile of golf, you know. People that don't play golf listen to, can listen to the podcast, and if they see this, it's great for the game. And uh, no, you, you've, everyone's got to do the bit to help grow the game. Obviously, RNA do a great job in what they do, and, and so do all you podcasters. So, anything I can do to help you along your way, and uh, it is is awesome, win win for everyone, really. Absolutely, and I think for those who, people that aren't in the know about this particular story, Nick uh, qualified uh, West Lanks for his first Open. Um, First major in, in general, Nick? Yeah, yeah, shuffled it around West Lanks in, uh, in the afternoon for three on, seven under first round, three under second round. So, yeah. I mean, I mean seven under is not, not, not an easy score around West Lanks either, is it? It's a tough track up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good track, actually. Funny story, mate. The guy I room with on EuroPro is one of the pros there, does a bit of hours in the shop. And my first stage... Uh, I'd not played a practice round and he's like oh don't worry about it like it's all in front of you and literally I was faced with like five blind tee shots I was like <laughs> yeah. how is that all in front of you <laughs> if anything it's the opposite of all in front of you all I can see is kills I was like it's a good job the course guys are good or yeah. I would not have been playing final stage and obviously final stage you know where you're going then don't you so you can yeah. you, know, you can shovel it around and try and put lights out of it 
And um, going down that sort of final round, the second round of the qualifying, mm. um, obviously you, you've you've had quite a clear. You've, you think you're, you've you've won by three shots there, haven't you? But is it going yeah. through your head that last qualifying round? Does it think it's yeah, start to enter the brain? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It is, if you're not shitting your pants, it doesn't mean anything, does it? Like, every player's in the same boat. I mean, I I had a, made a birdie on the sixth hole, I think it was. No, sorry, the fifth hole, which happened to be my, like, 14th or 15th hole. I hit a driver down this par five, and I have skipped the, tra- the track like 300 yards. I have bomb rat hooked this thing down this dog leg to the left. And I'm like, oh, sweet. I've got 130 yards to this par five, back left flag, down gale. I'm thinking, all you've got to do is dump this in the middle of the green, two putt, sweet as a nut, and I knife this thing. It's still going up <laughs> as it gets to the flag at the back, bounces on like the back edge, kicks through into this long chod, and I'm like, well, I didn't want to play the open anyway. And then <laughs> I literally, I got lucky. I played a great little chip shot into the bank, bumped it up tight, 10 foot, and, and hold it for four. And that was the first time I sort of really looked at a leaderboard. And I, that was to get me to 11 under. And the nearest to me was five. So I've got four holes left to pay. So you're just thinking, like, shovel it around. Like, yeah. just mm-hmm. literally nudge it forward off the tee. Fairways and greens. Yeah. Which I did. Uh, I bogey the par three after that. And then I hit it off the tee on the next and hit it into a divot. Wedged it onto the front edge, two-putted. You know, just did some like really, really boring stuff at the last three holes, which I mean, it never really hit me because I was never under the cosh. Whereas the guy that qualified as well, uh, apparently he went ape shit over the path, like the last five holes, which he hold like 200 feet worth of putts to get in the open, <laughs> to get through by one. And he was like, wow. you could see it as he walked off last, he was shagged. He was absolutely <laughs> naked. He just broke down in tears and was like, what has just happened? And me and Kinnear and a couple of lads were on the green around like, that is just nuts. Like, yeah. they never hit me. And Kinnear's like, yeah, but you just qualified. And I'm like, yeah, but the fashion it was done in was, for him, was just mental. Yeah. Whereas for me, it was just, it's a bit a bit different. Obviously, it, it, it hit me a bit, obviously, when you get to the Open. But as far as getting there, it was just a strange old journey for me. Yeah, sounds it. And what, when, you, when you do qualify for the Open, you go home and you, you, you rest your head for the first time. What's, what's the first thing you do? Do you get accommodation sorted? Do you get your caddy sorted? What's, what, what do you do? So I went straight to the Europro. Uh, so I was playing Europro that week. So uh, I literally got in my car, drove straight to the Europro. Lads took the piss out of me. Opened the, like, they were in the accommodation. I was like, oh, fucking hell, open players here. It's like, usually <laughs> that. Then, you, then it hits you when you start. You, have, you think, oh, I've got 10 minutes. I'll look for the accommodation, see what I'm saying. And then you go, oh, shit, it's going to cost me five grand for a week mm. it's like jesus uh, like if you want a same sandwich you were looking about three to four grand when i was looking three to four five grand wow. and then i said in margate which is like 25 minutes 30 minutes away and it cost me two thousand for the week uh yeah. but that that i think that's the nature of the event now it's got so big and the money's that good in it and there's so many people on site that you know people want to cash in which is fair enough i don't mind it yeah. you know is what it is. You're playing for a lot of money, so why shouldn't you spend a lot of money? It's strange because you don't think it affects the players. Like you just think it affects the, vi- yeah. the people who want to go down. Like, I'd never thought of it. Like yeah, it affects the players, especially you who qualifies late. Yeah. That it's only going to hit hit and more. Then there's isn't it? Less options as well, and, and COVID yeah. didn't help this year because 
like I quite fancied a, a proper spectator open, like a, stay in a tent with the spectators and have a barbecue yeah. at night and a beer as you're playing, like chuck your tour bag in the, like, in the tent at night and like a proper open experience. You hear a lot of guys yeah. go there and play in the teepees, don't they? And like stay on the site and be like, oh, how'd you get on? And like, a genuine fan experience yeah. as a player. But uh, you couldn't do that because of COVID. Obviously, certain hotels were the only hotel you could stay in or you created these bubbles, which we were in, which obviously uh, that's what we opted for because the hotels were like £350 a night and I'd need two rooms. So you were looking at like you talking six, seven grand for your team for the week. That's absolutely absurd. That's absolutely crazy, isn't it? And like, you know... Includes breakfast, don't worry. (laughs) Oh, right, okay. No problems then. But you look at it, you think the, you know, top 50 in the world, you know, it just, it literally makes no difference, does it? Um, you yeah. know, kind of when you, you're kind of working qualification, you're playing, you know, week to week Euro Pro, you know, tr- you know, it's, it's a little bit more of a struggle, isn't it? Let's be honest. You know, it's, it's, it's really competitive in, in that kind of level. So, you know, that's, that's mental. Talk us through a little bit about the week. So you, you've made some waves this week for being, um, you know, pretty, pretty candid with, with kind of response. You had a really good practice round, I think. Was that on the Wednesday um, or Tuesday? Uh, I think it might have been Tuesday midday. We yeah, we played. Yeah, well, we just you know, Bryson was on his own at twelve o'clock. Couldn't you know? Couldn't leave him on his own. Bless him if he got bored. So uh, <laughs> I joined on with Bryson, and then yeah, and then Phil Mickelson joined on. Obviously not with me. Obviously came for Bryson, uh, and I'm lucky he got a bit of Poppleton on the side. So uh, yeah, it was it, it was good, man. It, you know, it, they're great. Obviously not playing so good is not so good, but. <laughs> Your first one, you're just trying to find your feet. It was great to play, great to experience what those guys do and what they're good at. And uh, yeah, just bucket loads of experience you can take forwards. How does that come about then? So you've, so you've fixed, so do you know you're drawn with Bryson for the practice round on the Tuesday when you get there or drawn with Phil or does it, no does it kind of just fix up on the, when you get to the kind of tented village? Yeah, pretty much. There's a guy in a box in one of the steel boxes they have that deals with says practice rounds on the top and uh, you go see him by the way the nicest bloke in the world like lovely guy I spent yeah. actually quite a lot of the week just chatting to him just because he was just such a nice bloke but you know and he's like uh, yeah who's your like we've got these guys out he's just he's got a little screen in front of him and one that you can see and you just go oh, I want to play with you know I want to play around 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock you know oh these are the free tea times who do you want to book with six it genuinely is like booking a gym class and going, oh, yeah, I'll take the Pilates session at 12. Oh, yeah, Phil Nicholson, <laughs> right, doing Pilates at 12. Yeah, I'll book on with those guys. It's like literally as, as simple as that. That's absolutely insane. So just talk us through that experience. You know, what was that like? You know, you know, being firsthand with Bryson, seeing him kind of trying to figure out his new experiment around the Lynx course. Obviously, you got Phil, you know, just, just kind of won recently at Keir Island. He's mm. kind of known for being a bit of a joker. Looks good fun when yeah. he's out and about. So just, just what was that experience like? It, awesome because he understands sarcasm as well, which being from the North, if you don't understand yeah, that's sarcasm. that's very rare in America. Very rare. They get it. And he, he gets it. Like he was throwing comments out there and he just, just funny. Like it was really, really funny. Like just, just great, really. It was uh, Tim's... Caddy's birthday that day, so we talked a lot about. He's taking him out for tea that night, and it was, 
you know, Tim Mickelson's picking up the tab. Yeah. Mickelson, you know, I'm going to order everything as expensive as I can because Phil's paying. Phil's paying, never paid. So it was, just, it was just a good crack, really. Mickelson and Bryce, I just let them do their own thing. They they had sort of launch monitors and GC quads going on. So they were taking their numbers every shot and yeah, just really dialing into what they were doing. And I just left them be because too much for me, mate. I'm a simple northern. I just need to. I can you just go, yeah, hit it over that trap. I'm like, perfect, mate. Awesome. What have I got in a like 160? Right. I can see there's a mound there. Don't want it short of that. I don't need to know it's spinning at 100,000 revs. It's not going to help me. Mm. Have you got much experience at St. George? Was that the first time down there? or? No, I played. I, I finished top 10 in the Southeast Links that they run around there, but that's St. George's and St. Ports. And uh-huh. then I played British Am when it was there at Prince's and St. George's. So I played it a couple of times. Yeah, it's a bit different with the grandstands up and with actual rough as well. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, I, I knew well what I was going to. It wasn't like a fresh uh, this week. I, I don't, I've never seen the golf course before. So Was it, um, there's a lot of talk about it being, you know, so much rain in the weeks leading up to it. And then obviously it was just like perfect weather on the, on the, mm. on the first couple yeah. of days. Was it, a little bit easier than you thought it might play in terms of the course and how soft it was, really? Links is a, the, the way that they do it's a funny one. So if it rains, the rough's thick mm. so and it's wet and a bit claggy, so then that's a disadvantage. Whereas then if it's dry and baked, you get a bit of run on the fairway, so you can kind of hit less less off the tee, makes it less stressful yeah. off the tee, but then going into the greens is a bit harder. So. Links can play either way. You know, you can take it either way. You can you can say, oh, God, I'm hitting it crap off the tee. So if it's baked, perfect. Because then you can probably hit some irons off the tee and keep it in play a little more. And especially around St. George's, there's a lot of fairways that can vary the side and like playing dog legs where you're hitting across the fairway. So that, that was always going to help the shorter players when it was soft, I think because they, they could sort of yeah. attack it a little bit more, whereas if it was baked, it was going to play, you know, a little bit more conservative off the tee because you don't want to hit it in the rough and the ball's down to do the fairways. So it can play either way. The, the weather conditions, you've just got to figure out which way you're going and, and what, what it is for the week. But it was it was in the middle, really, of it being too soft and too firm. It firmed up through the week, which is nice, but the fairways were never firm. The greens were a little bit firmer as the week went on, but not massively. And obviously, you've got through your practice round, and you've you've kind of managed to get some sort of sleep. Talk, tell us through, talk us through the the first tee shot when you're standing there, and you got the grandstands around you, and you're like, okay, here we go, first open. Well, you're catching pants, aren't you? Like you you're just <laughs> holding it in, like you're playing the open, the thing that every amateur professional that's not played it before dreams of doing. As a British person, or probably anyone in Europe, they're thinking, I want to play the open. Masters is great and all that, but that's a, probably more of an American thing, or maybe they, they meant like the US Open and stuff. But yeah, you're shitting your pants, which like, it wouldn't mean anything if you weren't doing that. So, you know, you've got to embrace it and crack on. If you top it off the first, it's a little path that runs down, a little Hogan's Alley, so it's fine. <laughs> I, I'm just going to relate this to my own medal performance. I'm usually cacking it on the first tee of a normal medal because I am just a yeah. sub-average golfer. It gets to like, does it get to a stage where you suddenly feel like, yeah, okay, this is normal. I feel normal. Let's take, let's just take it to the course. When, when yeah. does that sort of kick in? Yeah, when you've kept a tee shot on the planet, that usually helps. And you've hit into like, when you've hit a golf shot, that helps. Like I flagged my three iron on 
the third long par three, I was like, all right, okay, now I'm settled. Mm. Like, yeah, I've done what I need. I've done the job. Like down to, I've shoveled it down to and made par. Right, flag goes around. Right, we're away here because there's not much more going on than that. Like, yeah, you mm. can, you can, you can get it round other than that. <laughs> Am I right in saying you started off with a birdie as well, first hole of the day? Yeah, 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 birdie the first, yeah. Yeah. That's an incredible scene. So, I mean, do you? How often do you get those butterflies when you're playing? So, obviously, qualification and playing the Open. Does it? Do you get that a lot when you're playing week to week out in the Euro Pro? So much was it? Really? Because really, that's why you but, do it, right? Yeah, you can. You may get it in the like last round if you're bleeding, or, or maybe coming up to the last couple of holes, you might feel like right, okay, but. Depends what kind of guy you are. Some people like fist pumping round one on the first, like they've made a par putt. And I'm just like, nah, man. Like se- hole 70, 71, 72, that's when you fist pump. That's when it actually yeah. means something. Like you're trying to take a trophy home then. You're fist pumping mid round, round two. Like, no, no, I'm not for that. Like it, it'll get, it gets me more around the back end when it's sort of game time or, you know, on the first when it sort of means something like it did there. Yeah, I saw Poulter getting the, getting the crowd G'd up on Sunday. I think he holed yeah. a birdie putt on 16 or so. It was like 16 or something. He's two under par. Ten shots off the lead. I mean, love Poulter. Love the enthusiasm. But it's like, what are we getting everyone wrecked up for he here? Loves, he's a good guy. He loves it. In fairness, you know what? I don't mind that because that's when the spectators are there. To, you know, the, yeah, definitely. They, want the, they want the money's worth. They charge a lot to go and watch golf now. And you charge a lot to, you know, to buy a open t-shirt so it's like you know you've got to give the fans something haven't you and we have, we, obviously we couldn't give them any good golf so uh, we've got to give them something <laughs> what's it like with the crowd though you're drawing a lot of energy off the people you get back from them is there you know what's it like playing in front of that you know kind of yeah, all fun. those people you've got a mouthy sister then it helps yeah and sister <laughs> is absolutely mouthing off at me all the way around like you've just tapped in from a foot Megan for a triple it doesn't deserve a yeah, go and it. Like, yeah, that maybe that's something you experience more as you go along. And the bigger your name is, obviously, the more following. I mean, Mickelson's following's mental. McElroy's. We we were on the when I was watching actually the last day. Uh, McElroy was teeing off with oh, I can't remember Horsefield, and the grandstands went from like you couldn't get in a massive queue to like empty. And I'm pretty sure the guy behind them was like, it was like two world-class players. They're like, oh, no, we don't want to watch him. We want to watch McElroy. So the following, obviously, he'll be used to that. But it definitely helps draw something from it. What was the kind of big highlight for the week? Any kind of any huge sort of takeaways, anything? Do you feel like you've kind of left maybe the open experience with like um, revelations and, you, you know, kind of things that you're going to apply back on on tour that is, you know, has it made you a better player? Have you, have you realised that you learned anything new about yourself? Confirmed what I already knew is how good their short games are and how they are impressive, but they're almost unimpressive with their impressiveness. Yeah. Like, the, the short, like McElroy, I did a bunker thing where I just played four shots and it's a baked green. It's like downwind. It's mingy. I picked out four flags and for th- four shots, I've done eight foot four shots so that's an average of what, two foot a shot it's just like you're getting them all up and down every time uh, and McElroy did seven shots in 13 feet 
Wow. Yeah, it's a different game, and he's and he's not got the strongest wedge game in the, in the, on the tour by a country he's mile. I say the, the one is he like no. anything? Well, he's pretty darn good. Like that ain't that is very 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 good on that green. Yeah. So you've you did this? I think I've read online. You did this drill with uh, Pete Cairns, is that right? And he's your he yeah, used to work. Yeah. Is that, is that right? Pete. Yeah, I worked for Pete. Uh, used to pull pints at the range and serve customers, and then uh, yeah, did. You know, that sort of in the pandemic dried up a little bit. So I went to work for Iceland and yeah, I did that with Pete. And I've always done sort of stuff to get you ticking before you get going. And has he always been involved in sort of coaching you or is that a recent or just for the, this week? Sort yeah, of no, Pete's always been part of my journey massively. Can't help, I uh, can't thank the Callum family enough for everything they've done, even the, you know, his sons, his grandson, uh, his wife, Fran. Yeah, they've done so much for me. And obviously, Kate, who manager at the range. So uh, yeah. Massive help, and then my coach Nick Hubie obviously wouldn't be. Well, I say he wouldn't be as good a coach as if it weren't for Pete, but I'm sure he would be. But you know, Pete's obviously helped him along on his journey, which helps me in turn and all his Nick's players. So yeah, we, we owe Pete a lot. And does it does it bring a level of um, calm to the camp when you know someone has been there so much and done and seen so many things when he can be there on the? Depends if he's just got stuck on the dark. Dartmouth tunnel for two hours trying to get home. It doesn't bring much calmness then. <laughs> so well, so you've just checked in. I think we're talking John Zoom now. It's uh, eleven o'clock on Monday. We've got in the background some books. I, I think it looks. Oh, they're not ornamental. I thought they were sort of part of this. Okay, they're very smart. Encyclopedia Britannica. Well, um, I mean, hopefully. I mean, I hope we're hoping that there won't be any time spent reading those over the weekend. You're at Celtic Manor, aren't you? So. Brown How does that work? You got a sponsor's exemption for the week after the Open to go and play? Yeah. No, my management company have got me in. I've just signed with them. So ICM Stella Sports and Matt Wiley's uh, helped me along. So it's great to have another crack at the whip and uh, you know have another go at, at playing with some of the best players in the world and try and uh, you know find my feet and move forward. Uh, just very, very lucky and privileged to have any opportunities above EuroPro to play in. Obviously, I've got a full EuroPro card and... Uh, and it's great, and uh, I'm obviously missing a couple of events because of this, but, jeez, uh, I'll miss them every week if I can play anything European or Challenge Tour. But presumably this is carrying points that mean, you know, they're, they're kind of infinitely more significant. If you pick up points at this event, then that really boosts Euro Pro rankings indirectly, right? I don't think they, they count, but they, I'm, I'd imagine they count towards the Challenge Tour, uh, which is where, you know, the ultimate goal of where you want to be a lot of, a lot of the better players that hang about on the European tour come through the challenge tour. They yeah. come more around with the better players through playing rich man's like a year and there. You know, loads of really great players. So they become rounded and you learn to travel and you learn to compete at, you know, a high level. So, you know, the ultimate goal is to, to get yourself on challenge tour as quick as you can, not stagnate too much hanging about on Europro and, uh, and then, and then, you know, bump up when you're ready. You know, the, the beauty of challenge tour is that you could probably take the top 30 of those guys and they'd, come, they'd be able to compete on European tour. So it's just, it's just great to have that higher level goal. Mm. To, you know, to... Well, Marcel seems another example, wasn't he? He was playing Challenge yeah. Tour only last season, I think, wasn't he? We, we've had Richard Mansell on the pod as well, who's obviously with um, Modest and had a, you know, another kind of pretty, you know, you know kind right. of, he's having a great season, isn't he, again? It's yeah. like the, you the, say, everyone the... always says how competitive the Challenge Tour is and that that, that top half really is. You know, mm. if you're finishing in the top 10 in Challenge Tour, you're probably playing good enough to finish top 10 in the European Tour many weeks. So, 
Yeah, um, most of the time. But that makes you hungry as a player, and that's what you, you can't really let it slip when you're on the main tour, then, can you? If, if you know that you've got 15 guys that are prolific winners coming through the Challenge Tour, they, they want your car the next year. So you have to, you know, it keeps always keeps you hot on your heels, which is what competitive sport's about, and it's what people want to watch. So it's great. Well, you're going from a radically different type of course at Ross and George's, firm and fast, links, running game, to Celtic Manor, the ultimate bomb and gouge paradise. Are you going to switch things up a little bit this week? Is there some equipment changes? Are we going to seven woods and nine woods or any of that jazz? I've always carried seven wood anyway. So last yes, week, man up, man hard. Hey, certainly club in the world. It's the future. Give me, give me a nine wood. Class seven wood. I've always carried seven wood. Awesome club. I've carried it on West Lancashire when I shot 7-3 and everyone's like, yeah, but it's blowing. I'm like, yeah, but it's the best club in the world. I can duff uh, it forward and it still goes up. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. God, that's right. reassuring for our own goal. Yeah. Oh, we all hit him. We all hit him. But we're uh, extremely conscious of your time, Nick, and you've been very generous on the, on, on the Monday and I know you need to get out there and do some practice rounds ready for the Celtic Manor. So. Got to find my golf soon. We're going to be rooting for you. We're going to be hoping that we make the cut and hopefully push up the leaderboards. Uh, appreciate it. Really appreciate you coming on and, and taking yeah, some thank time Thank you for us. your time. Thanks for everything you do. Like I say, it's, uh, you know, you're giving your time to do podcasts that raise the profile of the game and that's what, you know, what we all want. No, it's a Brilliant. pleasure, Nick. And best of luck this weekend at Celtic Manor, mate. Thank you. Appreciate it, fellas. Take it easy. Watch this.